0: Yeah, that, uh, like that. But, uh... Alhamdulillah. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream as we are live today on a very very cold Monday but it's sunny out which is a nice thing at least we have some sun and it's cold. And I had to steal my uh, little kids' like woolly hats because I don't wear those things. But it is so cold that I had to steal it. And are we on Instagram too? Yeah. Good. We resume our operation here in which our whole life basically is just reading these nosus or reading these texts. And Ryan and the crew were just at Sheikh Samir and Nas. He had a, hes such an unassuming and undervalued, in my opinion. Like he's not given the attention he deserved by suit by people or students of knowledge. Sheikh Samir and Nas just had a session on the Bayquniya and Hadith. All that he does in Syria is transmit Hadith, and he attends Majalis of Salah the Prophet peace be upon him. And he's now going to Allentown to maqasid to recite on monday tuesday and wednesday if i'm not mistaken if uh uh, sunan and nisa'i and that's what the ulama do to keep blessings in the not just blessings knowledge too (laughs) knowledge blessing gatherings is recite hadiths read from a book have these different gatherings so on and so forth and there's no end to it that's the key when you're young you think okay i'm going to read this i'm going to finish that then you realize the truth is, there's no end to this. It's going to keep going. You just keep doing it over and over and over. There's no end to it. And there's no one, it's not like it's a majlis for youth. Only young people. No, everyone sits in these gatherings. Let's now turn to what we're reading here, which is Imam Siyuti's book on Asbab al Nuzur. And we're on Surat al muzzammil and I said this before, that there's like one or two uh, hadiths in Asbab al-Nuzul for each surah. There's not a lot. And once you get to surah al-Baqarah, of course you may have pages. But, because there's a lot of ahkam in those surahs. But these surahs do not have a lot of ahkam. So, entry number 982. Now, of course, we're reading from the bottom up. أَخْرَجَ البزار والطبراني Bazar and Tabrani are, given, are narrating from a Senate that's weak. Wa. Sometimes like layin. On Jabr, On the authority of Jabr. So why is he reciting it if it's a weak Senate? Because this is not aqeedah and fiqh. In aqeedah and fiqh, you don't even look at hadith that's not hasan or sahih. But this is not aqeedah or fiqh. So you can recite them. You can narrate them. Quraysh fi darin nadwa. Faqalat. Quraysh gathered up in in their abode their senate or whatever you want to call it it's called Dar and Nedwa. okay and this Dar and Nedwa was where they met and when we were there's an app now I wish I could remember the name but it tells you it maps out for you in Mecca where all the places are so but it gives you the current look like the the Google Earth shot but then it has dots right if you click on a dot or it has numbers And then you look down, the number corresponds with like a house. So, subhanAllah, I'm telling you, the life back then was like a campsite. Like, uh, Abu Jahid lived like 20 steps away from Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr lived like 15 strides away from Darin Nadwa, which is where they used to meet. It was like, everyone lived so close. So if you imagine, nothing other than the Kaaba there. There were these little homes, and a home... The studio that we're in right now is probably double the size of a house it was probably something very simple and basic everyone's home right but that that was for them that was the norm obviously for us it's a bit different but for them that was completely normal and so they all lived next to each other and dar and nadwa was one of those homes the place of where they used to all meet their senate and it says here that uh it's temat and they all said, هَذَا الرَّجُلِ اسْمًا يَسْتُرُ عَنْهُ النَّاسِ They said, give him a name that will make people leave him. That will make people abandon the messenger of Allah okay فَقَالُوا كاهن They said, he's a kahin He's a sorcerer. Right? They said, no, that's not going to work. He's not a sorcerer. Like, who Who did he do sorcery upon? There's no sorcery here at all. They said, say he's insane. They said, how is he insane when you keep uh, all your money with him? Right? All your money you guys keep with him. How is he, sahir He said, he's a magician. Okay. A kahin is like someone who tells the future, but a magician is someone who does this black magic stuff. I said Lay He is not a sahir. He's clearly not. He doesn't do black magic. He doesn't do magic on anyone. The Prophet sallallahu this this uh, news reached him and this was very early on and he became extremely upset. So he covered himself up in his he got under the covers. Okay, and that is fatazemmel. He got under the covers. You ever get so upset, all you could do is literally you shut down and you go into the couch and you cover up, right? fi fiha, Fatahu jibril, Now remember, the prophet peace be upon him. He is at the age of forty. The age of forty, you have plenty of life experience. You know people. People know you. Everyone knows everyone, okay? It's, everyone knows everybody here. And now all of a sudden, the people that used to trust you, that used to know you, they're now saying all these things about you and they're plotting about you, okay? Imagine you come out with a claim and then all the friends that you know, everybody that you know, you learn that they're plotting to, to call you a different, you know, to ruin your reputation. You'd get sick. You'd physically get sick. فَأَتَاهُ جِبْرِيلِ And Jibreel alayhi salam came and he said, يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُزَّمِّلِ And يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُدَّفِرِ And he recited those, and then these two surahs came down. Did they come down right away? Maybe not. He doesn't say that. It just over time, perhaps. Like but immediately after that incident okay. when this uh, surah came down, oh, you wrapped one stand in the night, except very little so the the solution to this stress, the solution to this anxiety that people calling him names is tahajjud there isn't any of the serious 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 mashayikh. except that they have some portion of tahajjud and there was one saying that said madik never used to recite tahajjud pray tahajjud but there and he used to pray on a cloth so that people don't say he prays tahajjud but the truth about it is that that narration is not the correct one. The correct one is that he always prayed to Hajj, but he prayed on a cloth so that he wouldn't get marked up. And he did not want to have the reputation of praying to Hajj. Like he did not want people to know there's something between him and Allah. And every on the on the first night of every month, he would stay up the whole night. So when people say about Rajab being like the Rajab is a night that uh, First of Rajab, there's a hadith of Sayyidina Ali That the first of Rajab is Mujabid Dawah in it And some people say that's weak Well the truth of the matter is that The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used, uh, Sayyidina Imam Madik used to stay up On the first night of every Hijri month Which obviously includes Rajab And he, why would he stay up the whole night? He obviously believed that there was something special about that قَامُوا سَنَةَ حَتَّى وَرَمَتْ أقدامهم. SubhanAllah The Sahaba, listen to this The Sahaba, in order to strengthen their tahajjud, their ibadah Then Allah Ta'ala commanded them to stay up the night for in ibadah They stood, they prayed, they would pray the entire night for a year How many Sahaba were there at the time? Very few but these, this is the core of Islam. These men are the core of Islam, and there were amongst them, of course, women. There, such as, for example, um, Sumayya, the mother of Ammar bin uh, of, Am- of Ammar bin Yasser. She was one of the big Sahabiyat, Sayyidah Khadija. They were, uh, they would pr- pray to Hajjud an entire the entire night, and they did this for a year. Until finally, Allah Ta'ala decreased it for them. Why? Because you are not like anybody else. You are the first generation and the first sliver of the first generation. You are the first cut. You are the Prophet's first disciples. Not what they were called disciples, but in the meaning of that. You have to be different. You are going to exert an effort greater than anybody else. Finally, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. ...made a takhfif and he lightened the matter by saying... Ma min. ...recite only what you're able to. But I was uh, the other day with a, with a small gathering... ...and talking about children and how some kids are guided, some aren't. So one friend of ours did a, um, an informal study. Why are some kids good? Why are some kids not? Like what can we do? Is it they the Quran sessions? What is it exactly? they ended up coming with the conclusion that's extremely important. They said all the kids that were good, there was the only commonality was that one or both of the parents were making dua for them in tahajjud. Not just any regular dua, dua in tahajjud. Okay? Dua in tahajjud Such that that's one of the main reasons they were guided. Okay? And that's, extremely important. You cannot miss off Tahajr. If you care about something, you have to do Tahajr for it. You have to ask for it in Tahajr. And I do not I do not see how something is possible, unless your rizq is haram, but if your rizq is halal, I do not see how it's possible that a person will do Tahajr for a matter, for a year, and not have hijab to dao. I can't imagine how. Because at some point, when you're knocking on the door of the Kareem, He will either redirect you to what he wants to give you. He'll cure your heart of it. Let's say, I'm dying to have, to be friends with so-and-so. And and Allah doesn't want me to be friends with so-and-so. Getting up in Tahajjah will cause your heart to change. Your heart will align with the orbit of what Allah wants for you. Over time, you will come to love what Allah wants you to love. Or you'll remain making that dua and Allah will give it to you. It's the power of tahajj. Now let's go to Suratul Jinn. You know that in my PhD thesis I did i'raab of everything. So I did i'raab of let's say it's in in is fi, but in. Surah al-jinn. I treated the Arabic words in the English sentence with Arab. So if it was part of a preposition, I put a, I put an I. Suratul uh, and for example, if it was the Mubtada, I would say Suratul Jinn. If it was a Mubtada, and if it was, for example, Bihi he recited jin. Suratul Jinn. Suratul Jinn. Yeah. So, so, uh, so they, in English, what do they write? Surajin. That does not make any sense right? Okay. Surat al Jin. At least put the T. But but I was putting the I, the declination, basically. Surat Al-Jinn, Surat Al-Jinn, Surat Al-Jin. I was putting full Arab of everything. Imam Al-Haddad said, someone said to Imam Al-Haddad, right? Kasra, Fatha, with an I or an O or a U or an A. And the guy, I thought, well, this is, you know, this is how it should be. The professors, first of all, I had two professors, one disinterested, the, uh, the, the, the quest, the examiners. One was a Sedefi who really did not, he was not happy to be in the room. But he was a Yemeni Sedefi, so he had to be there. I think he was Yemeni or Saudi or something. He was just smoke coming out of his ears. He did not like the topic, he did not like me. And uh, he was so upset. He was like, Why did you do this? I said because it's a preposition in is a preposition so I, and in this case he's the subject in this case he's the object right he's like no redo all this right there's no i'rab in english right so he got upset they couldn't find anyone who was really an expert in the subject except imam uh, Sheikh Abdul Hakim Winter and he couldn't do it cuz he was all the way in Cambridge like so you write a subject you write about imam al-haddad Abdullah bin al-haddad And all his books. Who's checking my thesis? People who have never even opened one of his books. Like, what do they know about him, right? So they couldn't find anyone. Uh, You have the charger? When you're done, I'll use it. Okay, thanks. So it ended up being that um, they just checked it for, like, the academic uh, structure of it. Which passed, except that they made me add one more chapter. Which was fine. It was a fun chapter to recite, to do. In any event. Surah Al-Jinn. Akhraj Al-Bukhari wa Tirmidhi wa ghairuhuma an Ibn Abbas in qala ma qara'a Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala al-jinni wala ra'ahum. The Prophet did not recite upon the jinn according to Ibn Abbas nor did he see them. wa lakinahun talaqa fi ta'ifatan min ashabihi عَامِدِينَ إِلَى سُوْقِ عُكَاظٍ But the Prophet was with some Sahaba going to the market of Uqqad. The Uqqad market is a huge season in Mecca where all the sellers go. I think it's a little outside Mecca. وَقَدْ حِيلَ بَيْنَ وَبَيْنَ خَبَرِ السَّمَاءَ Now the Shayateen and the news of the heavens, the shayateen used to go up and get the news of the heavens and come down. And what would they do with that news? They would get in touch with whoever's in touch with them. We call them oracles, medicine men, magicians, kahins, sorcerers, whatever. These weird people who get in touch with the jinn. Now the jinn are also clever. They got a great, pro- they got a great, product here which is what which is the news of the future so they will not give it away for free so they used to tell these sorcerers part of the news and withhold part and that's why with the coming of the prophet this is one of the great blessings upon humanity is that the jinn no longer have access to the future all these astrologers medicine men maybe not medicine men because that's maybe actual medicine that they had but Oracles these people they went out of business because the jinn don't have the news anymore right the jinn don't have the news this all is one of the gifts that the prophet was given yep yeah. they were stoned so they went back to their people and said, Naha, illa, lishe, and hadatha, Fadribu, Masharik al Ardu Magariba, Fanduru, Hadha, Lady Hadatha, Fantalaku, Fonsaraf and Nafarul Ladina to what Jehu Nahwati Hama, Ilarasulilla, Salahu, Ale was Salmoho, binachlet and who you solibi ashabi, Salat al Fajri. Now listen to this. The Jinn were all of a sudden they can't go up any further in the skies, they would get pelted. So they said there must be something that's happening on the earth. That's the reason for this. So the jinn commanded, they said, everyone divide up around the earth and go. See what's going on. So the jinn who ended up, were assigned to the Arabian Peninsula, ended up going near to the Mecca, Tehama, which, which is near Mecca. And they found the messenger of Allah under a palm tree, who is it? Who's knocking? For the other house or for us? I think it's for the other house. Maybe it's Obaldo for the roof. Yes, knocking? Hello? Yeah, Good man. Paying his rent. Larenta. What's he saying, Ray? He's paying the rent. (sighs) That's what's causing that. Anyway, all right. So the gin. Sorry for those listening and those who are on Spotify. The gin. Thank you very much. Made a drug deal here. What is this? Okay. Uh, they get to Mecca and they got to this palm tree and it's Fajr and they hear the Quran. They listened closely. This is what has come between you and being able to access the sky. رَجَعُوا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِمْ They went back to their fellow jinn. فَقَالُوا يَا قَوْمَنَا سَمَعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا We heard a, an astounding recitation. Of course, the word Qur'an means a recitation. It's amazing that the Qur'an and the Medina, right? al Kaaba, they're literally called what they are. al Kaaba is al Muqa'ab. Block that comes up, that's the meaning of Kaaba. Al Quran is the recitation, Al Medina is the city. They're just called what they are, right? And Muhammad, the praised one, which is what he is too. So the Prophet uh, then received the recitation of Surat Al Jinn, okay? وأخرج ابن الجوزي في كِتَابِ صف السفة الصفة تايبو Sifa سفة الصفة was a beautiful booklet عن س... بسنده عن سهل ابن عبد الله from سهل ibn عبد الله توسيري قال كنت في ناحية ديار عاد إِذْ رأيت مدينة من حجر منقور في وسطها قصر من حجارة تأويه الجن He says I was in a place where the homes were made out of stone in the rocks in the mountains and the jinn lived there. I entered into it. A massive Sheikh massive size facing the Kaaba and he had a a woolen frock. فيها طراوة. فلم أتعجب من عظم خلق, خلقته كتعجب من طراوة جبته. طراوة? Moisture? I don't know. Moist that It was moist, I guess he's saying. So I was surprised by this whole image. Imagine, you go into a cave and there's a huge man praying with a wool frock on himself. فسلامت عليه. So I said assalamu alaikum alaykum Faradda alayhi salam I wa alaykum salam Wa qala ya sahl. He said ya sahl And he knew my name Inna al-abdana la Tukhlaq Al-thiyab Wa innama tukhluquha Rawaih al-thunub Wa ma ta'ima s Wa innna hazihi al-jubb Alayya mundhu sub'umiaat sana Laqaytu fiha Iisa wa muhammad alayhi al-salatu wa salam listen to this he says in it he says the 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 jubba it had a good smell to it i guess that's what he's saying the frog he said that it is not the bodies or maybe it is a moist scent that's what he's saying he said it is not the bodies that make uh, uh, clothes old meaning make it like old rather what makes it old is the odor of sins and wealth that is earned in the haram food food that is eaten that is haram and i have been wearing this cloth this frock for 700 years in it i met isa and i met muhammad and I believed in both of them. Sehel said, "Who are you, woman?" Ant. قَالَ مَنِ نَزَلَتْ فِيهِمْ قُلْ أُوْحِيَ I am the one who was with the gathering of people for whom Say I have received revelation that some jinn were listening to the Quran. That he was from the those jinn. That, so clearly he's not a man, he's a jinn. He was from the jinn who were listening to the Qur'an and were going around searching for what happened and why is it that the Qur'an was, uh, uh, the, the we are pelted in the skies. And he said, I believed in the Prophet ﷺ. Qusajeeba jiddan. So obviously he was in the form of a person, but he's a jinn. And the jinn, by the way, they do have similar forms to people. Like they have arms and legs and everything and eyes and ears, but their heads are a bit bigger, their lips are a bit bigger, their eyes are a bit bigger, everything's a little... Their proportion is very different than ours. Like we wouldn't find that proportion attractive. They find it attractive. So Allah has done that for a reason, so that we don't find each other attractive, if you were to ever see them anyway. ibn الْمُنْذِرْ وَابْنُ أَبِي حَاتِمٍ وَأَبُو الشَّيْخْ فِي الْعَظَمَةِ عَنْ this man says, he's an ansari. I went out with my father to Medina. You had a need to go to Medina. This was right when the people were mentioning the Prophet, peace be upon him, very early on. So we had to sleep somewhere. We found a shepherd and we slept in his tent. He gave us a place to sleep. In the middle of the night, a wolf came and he snatched a baby sheep. The, the shepherd got up. So he, the shepherd got up and he said, Al-Wadi. And he started talking, yelling. And then we heard a response. Ya sarhan, faat hamli ashtad hatta dakhla fil ghanami wa Allahu, ala rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bimaka al-ayya. And I'm gonna to recite to you the ayah. He shouted out in the middle of the desert. And another uh voice shouted out, Yeah Sarhan. Sarhan means you're not paying attention. Then all of a sudden the sheep was brought right to him. The baby sheep was brought right to him. And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam received the revelation. What does that mean? That means that out in the desert, their I guess their veils of materialism were so lifted when you're out in the desert there's very few little human contact there's little contact with anything material I don't know how to explain it but they used to, people of the deserts used to have regular communication with the jinn and in this case what this sahabi is narrating is that obviously before he became Muslim they're coming and he said just Muhammad was just being mentioned at that time he said that we stayed with this shepherd the shepherd lost a sheep to a wolf, and the shepherd ran out in the desert, called out to a jinn, and the jinn brought him his sheep back and said to him, Pay attention. Right? So that's an example of what kind of interaction the humans used to have with the jinn on a regular basis if they were tended to be more cut off from other humans, so that their material mind, their material aspects of their mentality is down. And so they're able to communicate with what we would regularly be unseen. And this is this the case of this ayah, in no You can find that regularly. Very common circumstance, common, uh, it's in the tafsir that Arab would go out and he would have to sleep in the desert all alone. So he would shout out, who is the chief of the jinn in this area? Protect me. And they would protect him. From animals, from scorpions, whatever. Like that. They would talk on a regular basis in that fashion. Wakraja ibn Sa'd. An Abi Raja al Ataar al Ataaridi min Beni Tamim kala. Okay. <laughs> Bu'itha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa kudru'ayat ala ali wa kufitu mihnata فَلَمَّا Exactly what I just said to you, right? He says here that the Prophet peace be upon him come out and I had fled from my family. So when we were in an empty area of land and we needed to sleep, the oldest man with us, Sheikhuna, the old man amongst us, he called out, "Inna naudu bi aziziha alwadi." We seek refuge with the chief of this valley, the chief jinn of this valley, min aljinn Allayla from the jinn this night. Meaning of the jinn, the chief of the jinn on this night. فَقُلْنَا ذَٰكِرَ فَقِيلَ لَنَا إِنَّمَا سَبِيلُ هَذَا الرَّجُلِ شَهَادَةَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أقرب, uh, رجاء, then he said later on, so this man he goes out and he calls out to the chief and protect us okay and we said what is this so someone else says okay that this man that man his way is to say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah His way meaning like This new thing that's going on That's going on Is to say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah So we're like Okay we'll do that too And we entered Islam Okay And then The ayah was came came down وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ رِجَالٌ مِّنَ الْإِنْسِ يَعُوذُونَ بِرِجَالٍ مِّنَ الْجِنِ But what would the jinn do? فَزَادُهُمْ The jinn would Would toy with them They're not trustworthy They're not honest. But this was, obviously, the man is just Muslim, right? And they're still doing the old things in Jahiliyyah. And then this was, obviously, uh, made haram for them later on. It's not permitted to communicate with the jinn except with a few exceptions. To educate them and to use them to Muslim jinn, righteous Muslim jinn to fight evil jinn that are bothering humans. But, to influence other people, to go see what he's doing for me, things like that. It, you can use them to speak to jinn for small little um, things, such as I lost something, things like that. That jinn can help with that. That's harmless things. But to influence others or to get an advantage over other people be haram. Wow, there's a whole book on the speech of jinn to humans. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد البلوي حدثنا عمارة ابن زيد حدثني عبد الله بن العلاء حدثنا محمد ابن اكبر عن سعيد بن جبير ان رجلا من بني تميم a man from bani tamim يقال له رافع ابن عمير his name is rafi ibn umair حدث عن بدء اسلامه he, he talked about the beginning of the time of his islam قال اني لاسير برملي I was traveling in a certain sandy area and I got sleepy I got off my my animal I tied it up and I slept okay and I sought refuge before sleeping how by saying I seek refuge in the chief of the jinn of this area. Then I saw a dream that night. رَجُلًا بِيَدِهِ حَرِبًا A man with a spear. يُرِيدُ أَنْ يَضَعَهَا فِي nahri نَاقَتِي He wants to spear my camel. He wants to stab my camel. I woke up فَزِعًا فنبه... فَانْتَبَهْتُ فَزِعًا I woke up startled. فَنَظَرْتُ يَمِينًا وَشِمَالًا فَلَمْ أَرَى شَيْئًا I looked left and right and I was nothing there. فَقُلْتُ هَذَا حِلْمٍ ثُمَّ عُدْ I said, ah, it's just a nightmare. So I went to sleep, and I saw the same dream. I saw my my camel is upset and it's moving left and right. And a man, just like the one I saw in my dream, okay. حريب, uh, يت... and he's trying to stab my camel and another man pushing him okay. and he says while this is happening so there's an old man and an, a young man they're fighting the young man's trying to stab and an old man is pushing him away. قُمْ And he said, the old man said to the young man, he said, go and take any of those animals. And he, he showed there were three animals just appeared. He said, take any of these animals instead of taking the animal of my human guest okay. فَقَامَ one saraf the young man came took that one of those animals which was like a bull and he left ثُمَّ الْتَفَتَ إِلَيَّ الشَّيْخ the old man looked at me وَقَالَ يَا هاذا. oh you إِذَا نَزَلْتَ وَادِيًا مِنَ الْأَوْدِيَةِ فَخِفْتْ هَوْلَهُ فَقُلْ بِرَبِّ مُحَمَّدٍ من هذا الوادي. وَلَا تَعُذْ بِأَحَدٍ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَقَدْ بَطَلَ أَمْرُهَا So he said that, Oh you young man, if you ever come into a valley and you are afraid of what's going to happen because you're all alone and you're in this empty valley, say I seek refuge in the Lord of Muhammad and don't seek refuge in the jinn because their affair is finished. قَالَ فَقُلْتُ لَهُ وَمَنْ مُحَمَّدْ هَذَا And I said, who's this Muhammad? قَالَ نَبِيٌ عَرَبِيٌ لَا شَرْقِي وَلَا غَرْبِي يَوْمُ الْإِثْنَيْنِ He said he's an Arab prophet, neither from the East nor from the West, and he was sent on the day of Monday. فَقُلْتُ فَأَيْنَ مَسْكَنُهُ Where does he live? قَالَ يَثْرِبْ ذَاتَ النَّخْلِ يَثْرِبْ the place of palm trees. So the man woke up next morning, he rode فَرَكِبْتُ حِينَ وَجَدْتُ السَّيْرِ حَتَّى تَقَحَمْتُ until And I, I rode the entire day until I arrived at Medina. And who was error there at the outskirts? The Prophet himself. The Prophet saw me first, meaning the Prophet happened to be where this man was entering. فَحَدَّثَنِي بِحَدِيثِي قَبْلَ أَنْ أَذْكُرَ مِنْهُ شَيْءٍ He told me what happened to myself before I mentioned anything to him. وَدَعَانِي إِلَى الْإِسْلَامِ And he invited me to Islam. You see how early this is? And Yathrib, the Prophet, is now still inviting people to Islam. This is early on. فَأَسْلَمْتُ So I submitted and I became Muslim. قَالَ سَعِيدِ بْنُ جُبَيْرِ وَكُنَّا نَرَى أَنَّهُ هُوَ الَّذِي أَنزَل and Saeed ibn Jubayr who was, who was the, one of the most pious Berber, uh, tabi'is of Berber origin, he said, and we think that he is the one that Allah revealed, And there was people of the humans used to seek refuge in people of the jinn. So here you had a, a jinn who had become a Muslim, who had defended this human, and yet told him, This issue of seeking our refuge is done with. You don't seek our protection anymore. There's a new order in town. Now that you have dhikr of the seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly, seeking refuge with us is invalid. Subhanallah. This is the proof that there is a path. Some people say there is no path. That it's just Islam and you have the law and you practice it. So on one hand, both sides are correct. So what is the path? The path in the one's hand that the Sharia is not a path. The Sharia is right there in front of us. You can get the law book of Islam. It's right there. There's no changing to it. There's no new law. There's no secondary law. There's no secret law. It's all one law. That we agree with. But there is definitely a path of Taraqiy al-Iman. That your Iman can go up. And first, the first part of the path is fighting through your sins. If you have sins, you have to fight through them. So that's like you got to scrape away hard. And then if there's ghafla, that's like fog. You have to remove that fog. And then there's an endless amount of Iman that a person could have. There's no limit to Iman. And this is in Bhagawi's Why he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, guide us to the straight path. So he addresses this issue and he says, okay, we say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. What other path is there? He says, so that is the law and the aqeedah is one. It will never change. You're either in it, you believe in it, or you don't. However, once you do believe in it, the guidance, the increase of Iman and guidance has no limit in Ahl Sunnah. Ahl Sunnah does not believe that there's a limit. So you could be more guided every day. You can have more nur and iman in your heart every day. That's what they mean by that. And istiqama can have no limit. So he says, this ayah says, ala If they remain steadfast on the way, the path, We will give them to drink a cool and sweet drink. Now remember though, repeat that ayah. That ayah number 16 of Surah Al-Jinn is the proof that there is a path. The more ibadah you do and you do something unique and different in, in terms of, in relation to yourself. Unique and different in relation to yourself, not in relation to the sunnah. That means if every single day for the last 10 years you've been fasting every Monday and you pray a couple sunnahs and you read 10 pages of Qur'an you're going to get the same result. But the day that you say, I want to get a different result, I want a better result, I'm a bit bored of things, I want more. So then you're going to increase your ibadah. Now add charity, or do something else. You have to add to that. And once you add to that, you will get a result, better result. Okay. So that's the meaning of al-istakamar You will get a sweet reward. And this was revealed about Quraysh. They had a drought of seven years. They had a drought of seven years. That if they had entered Islam, that drought would have been lifted. But you have to know, لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ And I'm going to actually look up what Imam al bagawi says about that. Because the reward of our path becomes our new test. Okay. Let's see what Sayyidina Imam al-Baghawi says, because this is our go-to tafsir. Ayah number 16 of Surah al-Jinn. لو استقاموا اختلفوا في فقال لو استقاموا على طريقة الحق والايمان والهدى فكانوا مطيعين الطريق here being على الطريق meaning الايمان they would have gotten rain ما ان much much rain ما says this فقال مقاتل وذلك بعدما رفع رفع عنهم because Quraysh had a 7 year drought وَقَالُوا مَعْنَاهُ لَوْ آمَنُوا لَوَسَّعْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا مَا Meaning much of everything good that you want, not just rain. So if they were believers, they would have had much rizq and much of the goodness that they want. And مَا is a method. And for a desert person, the greatest wealth is rain. So it's just an example. لَأَنَّ الْخَيْرُ وَالْرِزْقُ كُلُّهُ فِي الْمَطْرِ And he says that, All the origin of all goodness is rain. As rain feeds the crops, crops feed the animals, and with animals you eat and you can sell them and get leather and do all these things. This is as Allah says that if the Bani Israel had established the Torah, and believed in Sayyidina Isa and established the injil, they would be eating from above them and from below them, meaning you would have so much food. And Allah also says, ahl the people of Mecca, Amen if they had believed and had taqwa, la min we would have opened up all the blessings of the sky. Now, is there any more haq that Allah has than to be believed in? Of course not. This is the greatest haq. So Allah Ta'ala is luring people with worldly benefits. And that's the proof that if you, are not, if you are lacking in motivation, you may seek that motivation by worldly benefits. You may say to yourself, Alright, I'm feeling a bit down. I'm feeling a bit low. I don't want to do a bad. I'm lazy. I'm a bit depressed. Well, lure yourself with worldly benefits. And this is the proof. Okay? That you can do that. لِنَفْتِرَهُمْ فِيهِ أي لِنَخْتَبِرَهُمْ This great reward that you will be given as a result of your ibadah, it will become your next test. How will you be grateful? And the fiqh of gratitude is number one. You do not do something, you attribute the ni'mah to Allah. That's the first thing. Because some people attribute the blessing to themselves. I did well, I succeeded. Secondly, you do not do anything haram with it. And if you do that, you have passed the test. But if you do a third thing, you have become from the sabiqin, Which is that you use this Ni'mah for the help of others, as well as for yourself, but for the help of others. That's the third part. So two parts Fard, one part Nafl, extra. وَهَذَا قَوْلُ سَعِيدِ بْنِ الْمُسَيِّبِ بْنِ أَبِي رَبَاحِ al Meaning that the, the reward when, when you want something from Allah and you use that as a motivation and then Allah gives it to you now you keep in mind now that's going to be your new test are you going to be grateful or not وَقَالَ عليهم لنف uh, لنفتنهم فِي عُقُوبَةً لهم حَتَّى يَفْتَتِنُوا بِهَا فَنُعَذِّبَهُمْ Rabi'i ibn Anas and Sayyid ibn Aslam and Kelbi, they read this the an opposite way. اسْتَقَامُوا عَلَى Tariqa And if they stay steadfast on the path of kufr, if they remained on the path of kufr, then we will open up the gates of blessings upon them so that they could drown in it and be distracted from it, and enter more into kufr and disbelief, and then we can punish them for it. And that's uh, what we call istidraj. Istidraj is when people find themselves going astray, yet also succeeding in the dunya. And that is to almost blind them to the truth, so they go further astray. kama اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شيء. When they forgot what they were reminded of, we opened the door of all things to them. But that other ta- opposite tafsir of that is that when they forgot Allah that Allah opened up all the calamities upon them. Okay. and the meaning of whoever turns away from the path of his Lord, the remembrance of his Lord, we. يسلوكه, we will take him step by step to punishment. How do you take them step by step to punishment? From good, one good thing to the next, to the next, to the next. All these good things to be distract you and make you think you're doing good. And that's istidraj. So we have two things here. So when material blessings come upon a person, you either have two options. Either you're going to be grateful or you're going to go further away uh, uh, against the path. In both cases, that's the reflection of what it is from Allah. If you go af- away from the path, then it's istidraj if you become grateful, then it was a gift. Okay. وقال ابن عباس شاقا والمعنى ذا سعدا أي ذا مشاقا عذابا سعدا meaning difficult. قال قتاد لا راحة فيه عذابا سعدا Okay, so that is the tafsir of that important ayah, which is ayah number 16 of Surah Al-Jinn. Right, let's see what else COT brings for us here. ح... اب... عنط... قال the jinn said, يَا رَسُولَ The jinn said, O Messenger of Allah, Permit us to pray with you in your masjid. Okay. Allah then revealed, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا Verily the masajid are for Allah. In 2018, think 2018 December 2018, which was literally the uh, eve before the coronavirus news really hit, there is a man named Abdul Ilah Al-Attas. And he had spent some time here in America. When I went to Mecca, I met him there. And he showed me around. And one of the places we went to is a place right outside Mecca called Masjid Al Jinn. It's the place where the Prophet assigned that used to teach the jinn. Let's see what Bhagawi says here. The Jews and Christians, when they went into their temples, they did things that were considered shirk. يخلص لله الدعوة. and Allah commanded the Muslims, the believers, to purify their call to Allah. إذا دخلوا المساجد وأرادوا بها المساجد كلها قال الحسن أراد بها البقاء كلهم كلها لأن الأرض جعلت كلها مسجدا للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Okay, that's separate. This is what we're looking for. قال سعيد بن الجبير قالت الجن كيف لنا ان ناتي المسجد وان نشهد معك الصَّلَاةِ ونحن uh, uh, ناءون they ask how can we come to the, pray with you in your mosque okay then this verse was revealed وان المساجد لله these mosques are not owned by anyone they are Allah's وروي عن سعيد بن جبير ايضا ان المراد بالمساجد الاعضاء التي يسجد عليها الانسان وهي سبعه uh, the, another word for masjid May be the limbs that you pray upon Okay But point being is that uh, mm, They wanted to enter the masjid And they said It's your masjid What can we do? And, and the, Allah revealed The messenger are for Allah Which um, Is basically a permission for them And then the next ayah Was saying that The the Christians and the Jews would say things that were kufr in their masajid so the b- believers were commanded and then لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُو مَعَ اللَّهِ ahada. do not call anyone upon anyone besides Allah okay and the jinn then said كَيْفَ لَنَا أَن نَأْتِيَ الْمَسْجِدِ how can we enter the mosque وَنَحْنُ نَاءٌ عَنْكَ أو كَيْفَ نَشْهَدُ الصَّلَاةَ وَنَحْنُ نَاءٌ anka how can we enter your mosque and we are um separate from you he said "Masajidar for allah and another one he says uh ibn jarir an hadrami that he that a jinn from the jinn uh from the nobles of the jinn he had followers. قال إنما يريد محمد أن يجيره الله وأنا أجيره. فأنزل الله قل إني لا لن يجيرني من الله أحد. This jinn said, uh, "He want I will protect Muhammad." And then Allah revealed, "قل إني say, oh Muhammad say, إني لن يجيرني من الله أحد. No one will guard me except Allah." amazing story in Surah Now Now, Masjid Al-Jinn is where the Prophet ﷺ educated the Jinn. He would teach the Jinn there. It was a spot. And Ibn Abbas, it is said it was Ibn Abbas. Others said it was Ibn Umar, but I heard that it was Ibn Abbas. Wanted to go and witness this. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi drew a line in the sand. He said, don't pass this line. So Ibn Abbas would just look and all he saw was the Prophet talking. He didn't see the opposite side. Uh, this is the stories of, related to Al-Jinn and Surah Al-Jinn. Okay. Let us now turn to your Q&A for the day and see what you all have going on. All right, right. give me something from Instagram because I can't see the Instagram here. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Is it are we we are on though, right? A lot of okay, good. All right, open Q&A now. Uh, join our classes at arcview.org, your journey to knowledge. It's virtual and recorded classes and we are um, get these recorded classes and these recordings um, available right away as soon as you sign in. You can get all the recordings. all right right. muhammad munim says is a wife allowed to look through her husband's phone without permission what about vice versa technically the answer to that is no because it is your property and it is her property their wife does have private property the husband has private property okay shoot Walim is both the Sunday class that we do from two to five is in person and is part of Arcview okay. so Plus.
1: Arc-V+
0: it it's also live. Okay. So you can get it if you're um, if you're out of town. Yeah. Manar says, What is the Mataki point of view on scholars like Ibn Taymiyyah? Uh, The Malakiyah don't have any business with Ibn Taymiyyah. His usul are different. There is one overlap. is his work on the virtues of, or the concept of Amal Ahl al-Medina and the virtue of Medina and its people and its precedent. But other than that, in Aqidah, they differed greatly with some of the sayings of Ibn Taymiyyah on the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, his fiqh, to begin with, is hanbali fiqh, so there's no connection there. And even his fatawah, he has his own fatwa within the Hanbali madhab, And fatawa, the fatwa of Ibn Taymiyyah is not the ruling of the Hanbali madhab. It's just the fatwa of Ibn Taymiyyah. So. Uh, Wali al-Tijani. He's now a Tijani. Okay. He's no longer Shadli, I guess. F. Khan says, if a Muslim jinn is helping you, does that mean you can communicate with it if there is there to help you? no we don't really have that to be honest with you um in our religion that you go and try to communicate with the jinn and get them to help you it's not really our thing so i would just stay clear from that all of it can du'a truly change the qadr allah has written for you the answer is yes and in different ways in different ways number one it can completely alter it number two it can block it for you so that if something is coming down upon you that's bad your dua becomes a roof. First, it's an umbrella. But an umbrella has limits, right? It's going to be weak eventually. It can be a roof. Then it could, Then roofs are not all the same. Some roofs are stronger than others, right? So your dua can be that the qadr came down upon you, but you didn't feel a thing of it because you have a roof, just like you don't feel any of the elements when you're indoors. And the other meaning is that it can increase it or decrease it. Okay. It could increase your disk or decrease your disk. So all of those are the ways in which al qada al-qadr can alter. And isn't this a completely theoretical discussion? Because you don't know what your qadr is anyway. None of us see our book of deeds and say, oh, this is going to happen, let me make dua. But there is some time where it could happen. For example, if someone is given a ru'ya salihah, a true dream of this, if some incident that's going to occur. He, his dua and his ibadah can transform that into A, it could delay it, it could push it away a little bit, or it could decrease it, or it can completely uh, like cover it up or even make it sweet for him. It could make it sweet, it could make it good. سَهْلًا سَهْلًا. Allah can make something very difficult to become very easy, all by ibadah and dua okay is it permissible for a man to have two wives in separate countries permissibility i can tell you that it is yes it is permissible to as long as it's not in the contract that you will not spend time with her right then yes then that's a situa- just a situation that the situation disallows me to be in both two places at once but yeah, there are many shiuch uh, people in the past that have had married in two different countries. Imran Asim, is it a practice amongst the righteous to recite the ayah al Qur'an al Ila ma'at. It is a practice to recite that when you leave a place. So that in hope that you will recite you return again. Yeah, that's it. Just because of the meaning of the verse. Af Khan, can you use a jinn to help you get rid of a kafir jinn? That's what the Muslim scholars do when they deal with the jinn. They use the Muslim jinn to get rid of the non-believing jinn. Okay. I remember being told in my youth that they had backward feet. So if you look at a person, look at their feet. See if he's a fake Jinn or something i don't know about that yeah check your toes real quick to make sure you're not a gin uh i don't know anything about that quite honest with you. mini star says i was told many random things about gins yes many random things between al Maghrib, between the subcontinent and africa sometimes it's the only not the only one that gets bad rap africa also has serious gin they deal with the gin what exactly is considered a ru'ya? A ru'ya salihah is a true vision and a true dream which comes to a person. It tends has to have certain attributes. Number one, it's short. It's memorable. It's composed of symbols. And a dream interpreter can tell you that this is a true dream. Okay. Maham is here after her concussion. Wa alaykum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Her and Minnie Star are going to have a discussion on WhatsApp later on, apparently. Legend says, what's the name of the book we're reading? It was Asbab and Nuzul, And then we went to the tafsir of al Bakhawi. Melody 21, you will find most of them ungrateful. Yes. Um, hey, uh, Rai, do you want to have a telegram group for, for nothing but facts? And then Arcview will be on WhatsApp think about it telegram no, it good on the yeah telegram group would just have all sorts of mbf updates does everyone have a jinn kareen yes and this is an extremely important question the jinn al- is, that is assigned to you is called al qarin. he lives with you he knows you inside out he has a, an abode right here in your heart he can live with you he's not affected by the He's protected from Dhikrullah. You can do as much Dhikrullah he wants, he's protected from that. As opposed to all other Shayateen, they're not protected from that. And the question came up when Shaykh Nur Hamim Keller asked his Shaykh, Abdul al-Durubi, he said, when we say that Shayateen hate Dhikrullah and are burned by the remembrance of Allah, do we mean that that they're just disgusted by it in the way a secular Muslim would be? Or do we mean that they're literally injured by it. Sheikh Abdul Rukir al said, no, they are literally injured by it. So then we asked the question, how then would anyone who does ibadah ever go astray? If you do a lot of dhikr, you put a lot of dhikr, you should never go astray. But we see all the time people who do a lot of ibadah, they go astray all the time. He said that is because the qareen is the only jinn who is not affected by your dhikr. And his, he has the capacity to whisper into you even while you're making thikr. So that's the answer to that question. Now can your your qareen calm down and enter Islam? Yes, that's possible. That happened to the Prophet and that's not a khususiyah. It could be for others too. But the qareen will then gain knowledge on how to lead you astray. So this is why our path in Islam is number one, is a path of knowledge first. Then devotion and spirituality and ibadah. Then service. Anytime you see someone doing service without the other two, he will screw up and go astray. Guaranteed. All those people who said, we want to be activists and we want to do this, that, and the other. Hold on a second. Do you do you study? Do you go to masajid? Do you purify yourself? They don't do any of that stuff, but they want to be activists for Islam. They start off good, then they very easily are led one way or the other astray anyone who is just in ibadah think i just want to be a sufi and blah 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 blah. okay do you study no they're gonna go astray okay so you need to have all three and you can't do knowledge without any action or ibadah that too is munafiq it's like these academics study 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 but do you do anything about it Do you act do i do pray no it's just an academic exercise. And in my view, there's no such thing as Islamic studies academics just as a career. That means nothing. You must have a motivation. Either you are trying to undermine this religion, you got some deep motivation, or you're a believer in it. There cannot possibly be a third option. I just can't imagine. Yasin, can you imagine someone devoting their life to like Taoism? and taking a seven, sometimes eight-year PhD. And at the end of that PhD, you're going to earn $65,000 a year pennies to be a Taoism professor and get disrespected by kids in their PJs who don't care about your class, right? Why? You are weird if you do this with no motivation. Something is wrong with you. You must have one or the other. You are a Taoist, and you love it, and you believe in it, or you're trying to undermine it. Now, Taoism, no one needs to undermine it. It's not a movement in the world that anyone pays attention to. Islam, Judaism, the Bible, right? All those Bible study classes were taught, in that, if at least from my experience, by people who hated the Bible. They made fun of the Bible. They were not religious people who taught the Bible classes. The Judaism classes were all practicing Jews, They control their department. Good for them. Like the Judaism class that I took at Rutgers, just using myself as an example here. It was taught by like an old man who was a good Jew, I guess, who knew a thing or two. And he wanted to teach a course, right? And they hired him as an adjunct professor at Rutgers to teach a Judaism course, okay? Okay. Islam was taught by one guy who loved Islam, genuinely. He was had his own, checked his own path in Islam. Who knows if he's even valid. But he loved Islam. The other one hated Islam. A Persian atheist named Professor Zaman. And the other professor, I can't remember his name, but he genuinely loved Islamic culture, Islam. He was a Desi, right? Born and raised in England, he loved Islam. You could tell, he loved it in his own way, right? Probably would consider him a mubtada. But nonetheless, he he falls on the side of someone who loves this thing. That's why he's devoting his time to it. Forget orthodox or, in, or not. So you can't have a non-Muslim teaching the Quran, being an expert at the Quran. How are you? Why? Why would you do this? Why would you spend all your time on this and you don't make money? I know you professors, I worked in your field and I left it because I wanted to make money, right? They do not make money doing this job, okay? Not real money. You make enough to pay for a livelihood, that's it. So what is your motive? I think we should start calling out these professors of the Quran, professors of early Islam, of of Islam, What's your motive if you're not a Muslim, if you don't love this thing? Can we start calling them out, right? What about all the go and try to get a, be a professor in Judaism right now, Israeli studies? You better be a supporter or you're not getting a foot in the department, right? Judaism, feminism, right? You better either be a supporter, you're one of them or you're out. I'm not even saying orthodox or not. I'm just saying like Sunni, I'm not I'm saying you either love this thing and you believe it in one way or shape or form or you are an enemy don't tell me that you're in the middle that is a lie someone tell me if I'm wrong about that but yeah, no, to this me
1: this is uh, when we were Sheikh I mean yeah. there was a sister who was talking to him you know about like people who were giving her doubts and she was like, yeah, but this guy is an expert in Arabic. Yeah. And, you know, Sheikh Amin was like, that means nothing. Like, Arabic is just a tool. Yeah. Th- the guy can know everything about Islam that is on paper. Yeah. But, like, these Arabic itself, this is just a tool. And if you use, Sheikh Amin said, you can have all the tools to build a
0: house. Mm-hmm.
1: But, no, like, you doesn't mean you have a house.
0: doesn't mean you know how to build it, too. Or you don't know how to build You just have yeah. a bunch
1: of tools in your hand.
0: That's you have a bunch of tools in your hand. And you got all the manuals and all these people studying. And I go back to say, what is your motive? You have to have a motive. This is not science, like in a sense of like, I can just fulfill a function in society, right? Like a lobotomist, right? I could I take blood tests. Do I love blood? No. But I can take a blood test and I could get paid for that, right? This is not a, 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 uh, fun, a utilitarian skill. A utilitist skill, I should say. This is not a utilitist skill that, hey, everyone, I, I learned Islamic studies. I can get a job anywhere now. No, it's not the case. There are, firstly, there's like half a dozen jobs. In the whole country, how many Islamic professors, people, colleges are going to hire a full-time Islam, Islamicist, as they call them, or Islamic studies professor? You can probably count them, right? They'll just hire an adjunct to teach Islam 101. And they may even teach three or four classes, who cares? It's adjuncts. But full time, you can count them. They don't pay greatly. So what what is your motive? You're either undermining this thing or you like you love it. Okay. And if you love it, then go to its logical conclusion and become a mu'man. Let's go back to marriage questions here. What is Zawaj Al-Urfi? A Zawaj Al-Urfi, it's not a thing in the Sharia. It's a, it's it's a expression that is used in Arab countries to mean a Sharia marriage rather than, as opposed to the official marriage with the state. That's what it means. No, Zawaj Al-Urfi is a Shara'i marriage between it with an imam. And a zawaj al-Madani is with the state. Okay. You have relationship advice for married people? Yes. If you see, take the advice of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you see something that you don't like of your spouse, push it away from your head and look at what you do like. There's no doubt that you cannot find two people who like, you, you cannot find one person in which you like 100% about them. It's just not going to happen. So when you look and see, I notice the thing that I don't like, turn your eye away from that, look at what you do like. And repeat that. Repeat that until you no longer see what you don't like. And the thing that you do like has been expanded because you keep watering that plant and not watering the other plant. You have two plants here. Don't water, speaking of plants, we need to water these plants. seen can you water the plants when we're done? Not no, when we're done. That's... that's uh little powder thingies right there but these things that happen in your head if you water one of them it grows if you don't water it it dies so keep watering what's good eventually they will fill up it'll fill up your consciousness and what you don't like you never talk about you always push it away of course we're talking about things that are not negatives in the relationship so for example if your wife always interrupts you you can't say, oh well, I'm gonna ignore that. No, because that's something that can be worked on. We're talking about things that cannot that are not changing. Things that are not gonna be worked on. Okay. Can a person uh Masitim Sidi says, can a person who gone out of their way of the of Islam be influenced by the Qareen? Of course. That's his job. Qareem's job is to lead you astray. But also Allah has given you an angel that's with you 24-7 to lead you to the right path. There's a girl, she likes to go to the graveyard and read and draw, but she draws devil faces. (sighs) She's got problems. I'm sorry to tell you that. Sounds fishy. Anyone who goes to graveyards and comes back drawing devil faces, you need to uh, get help it's above my pay grade sorry to that. not above my pay grade if i could do it if i wanted to but i don't want to i don't want to go to that realm of studying the jinn you can study the jinn world if you want to any of us can do that you can find someone and keep their company and learn from them muhammad mun'am i'm finding it hard to come to terms that Sayyid Aish Sayyid Nadi had armies that attacked one another because you're finding it hard to come to terms with Because that's not what happened There were not armies prepared Sayyidina Ali was moving with his people, government to Kufa Sayyidina Aisha took some Sahaba with her To go and block him To convince him to come back And to prosecute the killers of Othman Sayyidina Othman So they were not two armies coming to attack each other yeah. And what ended up happening In the night time they, they had the killers of Uthman were actually in the camp of Sayyidina Ali. The killers of Uthman were hidden in the camp of Sayyidina Ali. So they saw that if this conversation goes well, they're in trouble. So what did they do? They went in the on the cover of night and they killed some of the people of Sayyidina Aisha's side. And they went to Sayyidina Ali's side, they killed some of his people. So when Fajr came up, they both saw... That they have been attacked, so they both came out, and you, it's not even a battle of the camel; it was a skirmish, right? It was a skirmish, like when CNN clashes, right? It was just a skirmish, and that was it. So that's why you have find it hard time grasping that because you're what you perceived was not correct in the first place. All right, Masita Sidi is saying again, can I ask her mom to make du'a for her? Yes, and you can make du'a for her too. The girl that gone and get influenced by devil fascination. Yes, you should definitely make du'a for such a person. And if you can, they should lock her in from going to, to the graves. And they should put the Qur'an on then the Adhan on until it purifies her from all that nonsense and, and, de- and demonic... Uh, stuff the the church of satan is making moves now church of satan they're making moves and they're getting recognized and their pentagram and their baphomet or whatever they call their uh, baphomet that goat image of satan with a goat face and horns and and the body of a man is now going to be put up alongside the christmas trees everywhere and the Star of David and the Crescent Moon and all that stuff. They're making moves. It's the New York Times. We'll read that on affairs of them. We're also going to read about the Islamic study, or the art professor, who showed a painting of the Prophet, I have to say, innocently. <coughs> she showed it with no malintent as history. And then there was a Muslim student there who has speaking in this woke language goes around her back creates a firestorm and gets lady fired the poor lady okay she did something we know that's haram you could have told her politely right no one approached her no one raised their hand in class no one came after class and she said i have no intent i'm not showing the charlie hebdo cartoons here i'm not showing a bad cartoon i'm just showing persian like art right my opinion: This whole thing went down the wrong way, and the administration fired her and said she's Islamophobic and said she needs training. Where's Islamophobia in that? She did something that is wrong in our view, but was definitely not meant to hurt. Where is the Islamic way of com- of doing things right? Right? Pharaoh called himself Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, and Musa was commanded, قل له قول say a gentle word to him. Right? Not off with his neck right away. No. I personally felt that this thing went down the wrong way. The right way was to say, go to the office hours and say, you know, that this is a little bit offensive to us Muslims because it's haram for us to depict the messenger, peace be upon him. I would personally prefer it if this wasn't shown in class, right? By the way, She's not a Muslim, even if she shows it in class, right? For you, that's all you can do. All you can do is say, we would prefer, it's almost like saying it's cooking class. I go to a non-Islamic university and I'm taking a cooking class and they're serving pork and wine. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go to them and say, excuse me, can you not show pork and wine? They have their full right to say, excuse me, we don't share your morals, right? Leave. But in this case, even if the dean had said, no, well, we are being respectful to the Islamic tradition. We're only bringing a painting drawn by a Muslim. We're not held to your standards, right? But we're held to the standards of respect. That still would not be Islamophobia to me. That would not be an agenda against Muslims or an attempt to insult the Prophet, right? Right? This person isn't a Muslim, so what is the standard for them? Respect, cultural respect. So I'm not bringing you Charlie Hebdo. I'm not bringing you a cartoon that makes fun of the Prophet. I'm bringing you what your own civilization produced. And they went and got some Persian picture of the Prophet. It was haram, but some Persian did it out of love of the Prophet in the haram, right? But they did it, okay? So from their secular perspective, they're being totally respectful. Me looking at that attitude... You are not equal to the people who made the Charlie Hebdo cartoons about the prophet. There's no way you're equal. You're not equal. It's an unfortunate situation, in my view. But is it some Islamophobia that I got to get this poor woman who's an adjunct professor? They don't make... Now, I said that full-time professors don't make money. These people don't even make... They barely make rent, adjunct professors. And now... That's how we Muslims have treated that person who made a, something that we consider haram, but they didn't have any intent to injure or hurt the Muslims so or insult the Prophet, peace be upon him. She's not held to our standards of halal and haram. She's held to the standard of respect. That's it. Right? SubhanAllah. That's, that, we're going to read more about that on Wednesday, Affairs of the Ummah.
1: We have some Wahhabi mantik.
0: We have what? Wahhabi mantik. Wahhabi mantik, where is it? Read it to me.
1: An Athari, or Wahhabi, asked an Ashari, Allah is wujud. Allah
0: That's is wujud?
1: Allah wujud. Oh no, is Allah wujud? Yeah. And he, Ashari said yes. He asked, are you wujud? He said yes. But it's a different existence than Allah. Yeah. The Wahhabi said, likewise, Allah has a hand, but it is different than ours. <coughs>
0: <Montag> 101. 101. <laughs> First of all, let's go to Arabic 101. And the uh, the right expression is mawjud, not wujud. Wujud is existence. So I don't say, Are you existence? I say, Do you exist? <laughs> right? Hal anta mawjud. Are you? You exist. Okay. Okay, you want to say Allah has a hand? Fine. Negate physicality to it. Negate materiality to it. Negate that it's a limb. Right? You must negate those things. You must negate those things. Go right.
1: Amin gave us two great points too. Yeah. Like number one, Imam Ahmed prohibited the translation of these things. Subhanallah. The mutashabihat. Yeah. And two, that's not necessarily like the problem that we have with them. The problem is they're taking every single thing literally. You can't do that.
0: They are making the aqidah out of the mutashabihat. Yeah. They're taking the mutashabih and making it the aqidah. Whereas the mutashabih is interpreted in light of the muhkam. And the muhkam is that Allah Ta'ala is munazza an al-zamani wal-makan. He's munazzah, transcendent beyond time and place. And materiality. Al-jismaniyya. So you interpret the mutashabih based upon that. That's محكم. Why? Because he's the creator of time and place. If he's the creator of time and place, how could any of the elements of time and place apply to him? If he's their creator, and he existed and they didn't exist. It's a very simple understanding. He announced that he created all of these things. Therefore, their factors and their elements and their qualities Do not apply to him. Simple equation. Allahu Samat, he has no need. If you're saying he has a limb, you have a limb because it's a need. He has a, a body, he has matter, he's composed of matter, that's a need. If he's in a location, then he's subservient to that location, right? Got to repeat this over and over and over. Do you recommend Tafsir al-Baydawi? I've heard many good things about it. Lily Rose, how can we know if a jinn is affecting us? La Adri, Allahu The Haq Knight is sick. May Allah give him a speedy shifa. Hamza Hussein is sick. Was, what was Hamza Hussein saying? He's sick? He was asking for a dua. Is he sick or what? Sick ease. ease. May Allah make things easy for you. Um... Then you recite, Ya Latif. Is Shams al-Ma'arif a book of black magic citing the jinn? No, it is a book of white magic, which is haram. All of it's haram for us. It is a using Muslim jinns to affect other people. If you're enjoying this live stream, then go to patreon.com forward slash Safina Society to become a patron of this live stream. Are there dangers for a Muslim man working at a cemetery? I don't, a Muslim cemetery? I don't believe so. It's probably going to increase him in thinking of death, right? The Muslim, the non-Muslim who worked at our cemetery in Route 33, he became Muslim. Yeah, became Muslim. If I want a protective widowed to take effect for the day, must it be recited before or after Fajr? Well, if you recite it right, you recite it right after Salat al-Fajr and it protects you for the day. If you, let's say, don't and you recite it at, let's say, 10 in the morning, then you have the protection from 10 in the morning onwards. Ishaq says, what do I do if I still have particles of food during my mouth in prayer? If you swallow it, it is no harm, as long as you're not consciously trying to eat it. It's just particle and you swallowed it and it's already inside your mouth. K.S. 13, is it permissible for men to wear a ring made of anything besides silver? Yes, it is. You can wear any ring that is not gold. Muzammil khan is reciting Salah and Salaam beneficial for solving financial issues and crisis? 110%. You recite 100 times something like Salah Tunjin or Salah Kamila, in the last third of the night, you'll find a, a lot of, a lot of relief immediately, like the next day you'll get some relief. Can you talk about waswasa? Waswasa is either from shaitan or from the nafs. The waswasa, what's the difference? The waswasa of shaitan is always different. It's to get you to fall into a different sin. The waswasa of the nafs is the same waswasa. So that means it's a psychological thing. So, for example, if I have waswasa that I don't have wudu all the time, that's from myself. It's not from shaitan. Like every day I have that waswasa. You're called muwaswas. Your, your job is to ignore it completely. If you have waswasa to do something wrong, your job is to remember Allah and that shaitan will go away. And waswasa about doubts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe from shaitan, maybe from your qareen, but it is upon you to seek knowledge. You seek knowledge. Hmm. How to remedy or find out if a bad jinn. Okay, we, we looked at this. I really you, you you have to go to a righteous, pious, well renowned scholar who is a jinn doctor. They do exist, but you make sure that he's renowned, he's known amongst the scholars. The scholars of fiqh of Aqidah, they know him, they know he's sound. That is gonna be your recommendation. How am I gonna recommend you, somebody? I need to know that others recommend him. That's how we verify. Like if you see a, a scholar at the same table and Sheikh Amin has invited a scholar, right? You know automatically that scholar, he's vetted, right? The scholars vet one another all the time. That's that's the value of scholarly meetings. They always meet each other. Is to keep us on the right track. rumaisa says, what could we do to close the veil of jinn of the jinn world for someone who has started to see jinn several times ask Allah Ta'ala to close it for you and that dua that you do will lead you to the sebab that will close it for you yellow mellow are there any dangers for a Muslim man working in a cemetery answer that melody 21 how would a jinn appear in a dream can it have a human form with a dark present and then disappear Allahu alam but Allahu alam But it's possible for example a nightmare a nightmare is that a jinn was able to attack you that's a nightmare that's what we call a nightmare and you you wake up you're not supposed to repeat it okay all right like the stream share it with your friends be a supporter at patreon.com forward slash safina society Thank you, Sophia, for the reminder. Redstone, is it permissible to marry a female jinn and have children? It is not permissible for the simple reason that it came to Imam Malik's time, and he said, yes, I have come across marriage between human and jinn, but I forbid it because this would allow a wor- woman to go around pregnant, and she will say, it will be said to her, where is your f- husband? And she says, he's unseen. And this will open the door to any woman getting pregnant and saying, my husband's unseen. Now, what does this have to do with uh, in terms of today's day and age? It does. We do use that. Muftis have used, Madaki Muftis have used that um, incident to forbid a woman from using a um, uh, a fertilized egg of hers that is, let's say, in a storage bank somewhere. It's fertilized. All they have to do is put it in her womb. But the husband dies or she's divorced from him. So she's no longer married to that man. Either by reason of divorce or death. So she's a single woman. Can she go to that bank, get the fertilized egg and have it them insert, insert it inside of her? No. The answer is that's haram. Because it would lead to this issue of a woman walking around pregnant without husband or without a husband so that would be that is why it's forbidden okay uh masid is saying can you please investigate the youtube marvelous quran the person who does the translation is dr hany and any the way his way of interpretation is confusing all right we'll look into it and see what he's all about is you saw him <laughs> arabic or english Mm. that's always trouble okay he's been is he like there is a man named who's pretty popular his name is um what is it adnan ibrahim that man is way off like he's way off he has stuff that's kufur completely okay that's kufur completely Shima is saying if someone thinks they're affected by a jinn. I'm telling you, recite the Quran, recite the awrad and go seek consultation from the upright and well-known fuqaha' who have an interest in the subject matter. in In, Amer- in, in our area, you can find them in Queens, Queens, New York. And you can find some here in Central Jersey. Azimandias says, is there an ayah that talks about saying something is haram when it's not? I think you may be referring to hādhā Haram Allah Don't say this is halal that's haram without knowing, such that you will be lying about Allah. Maybe that's what you mean by that. Or maybe he means abrogation. That something that's saying that something is forbidden but it was abrogated to be made prohibit permitted. Okay. Um, is there such an abrogation of saying, uh, a verse of prohibition that has been abrogated to become permitted? That's a good question. Do You remember anything like that, Ryan? Something that the Quran has forbade, forbade yet later in another verse it permitted. No, Adam we'll have to think about that diana says what is a good response to give when asked what is the wisdom of women wearing hijab what is the evidence that it is fard the evidence that it is fard is in surah al-nur and surah uh, al-ahzab Al-hijab, the khumur is the head covering right uh the jayb is this so In the past, as the Mufassirin mentioned, is that the Arab women used to wear a a head covering to block the sand coming onto their hair. Or, it was just a cultural thing, who knows, maybe both, that you'd cover that and you would throw it over your back. And in many foreign countries, the Muslim women still wear hijab like that. But the Quran came and mandated that you pull it over your chest to cover your chest. And your neck, all this is to be covered as well. So the uh, hijab is not complete if it just covers the hair. It has to also cover the neck and the chest and the and the breasts, basically. So that's the ayah of Surah An-Nur. And Hadith of the Prophet when he was asked what is she was, a woman asked what is permitted, he said, "You may show the, this. Everything except this and this is uh, it's just to be covered." On top of that, it's one of those things that does not really... We, can, we have the textual evidence, but we can go beyond that. Every, what were the Sahaba's moms wearing? What were the Sahaba's wives wearing? What were the Sahaba's daughters wearing? From then all the way till now. So when the Fuqaha and the scholars of Islam are writing, this is the, what the hijab is, it's not just on textual basis, right? It's what are all the women wearing? What, when I go to study with my teacher and she opens the door let's say or I go in and she's in the house my sheikh's wife is in the house what's she wearing right this stuff is it's one of those things that is almost impossible to change because the whole society was doing it and that's the power of the hujja the hujjiyat of Amal Ahl Madinah the idea of Amal Ahl Madinah being a proof the hujjiyat is the reason it's a proof. It's a source of evidence. It's because certain things, the whole society is doing them. The scholars, the non-scholars, the rich, the poor, everyone's doing them. The new Muslim, the old Muslim. Like, how many times do we pray? What does the adhan sound like? What does fatah sound like? What do you wear? What's halal to eat? What's haram to eat? Like, it doesn't take five minutes in Islam to learn that it's pork is haram. It literally doesn't take Three days as a Muslim, you're going to know that. Hanging around to any Muslims, you're going to know that. You're also going to know how many prayers there are. What is a Muslim woman supposed to wear? All these things. So that's, that's the answer to that. Okay. And as for what are the wisdoms, what do we tell the non-Muslim? Well, you ne- first of all, you're never going to make them happy. He doesn't believe in the source in the first place. This is not ma'qul mana 100%. On one hand, we could say, yes, Allah did mention the wisdom in the Qur'an so that you don't be bothered. And I, I'm telling you that it is, that is a wisdom. A woman who covers herself, her the attractiveness that would cause someone to bother her has now been blocked, maybe 75%. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt that someone who you can't see their form or their figure, nor their hair, right?, You've covered 75%, 80% of their attractiveness. It's covered. So you're not going to bother this person, right? You're not going to stare at them. You're not going to go after them. That's one of the wisdoms. And other than that, it's ta'abudi. It's just this, just how Allah is testing us. That's how Allah asks us to do that. And by the way, hijab was never an issue until the last few centuries, maybe w- one century even. You go back, even in Victorian England and their culture, their women Covered their bodies and covered their hair. But every era has its fitnah and its trials and its tribulations. Every culture will go away from the Sharia in a different way. And that will be the fitna for them. I have told you this story before. Down in Ethiopia, we're going to get that brother on to tell the story himself. The fitna there is the Sharia's limitation on a man having four wives. That's the fitna. And who's angry at it? The women. Right, The women say, oh, we love Islam. Everything is good about Islam. But we're, I'm 10 of 10, th- 10 wives. I'm the 10th of 10 wives. So you're telling me, where is the mercy of the Sharia that he has to divorce six of us? Upon entering Islam, he has to divorce six of you, right? They say, where's the mercy in that? Where are we supposed to go as women? Who's going to feed us? Who's going to protect us? That's what they're saying. So every culture will have its issues with the Sharia. Ishaq says, is my Salah valid if I... Su- uh, is it is my Does my thing go up or, or are the questions being repeated? Nida. I used to feel a lot of resistance towards making Du'a and prayer, but since I started tuning into these live streams, I look forward to it. To talking to Allah and connecting my heart and Du'a. That's the purpose of these live streams. That is the purpose. And anybody would... People would not want to make Du'a if they are treating Allah as if He's a human oh, I'm bothering him again, I'm asking him too much, he's, he's going to let me down, he's going to forget, these people may not say these things, but in the back of their mind, they think it, right, I'm being selfish, you you can approach a human being, and you ask him that something, and that human being will say, listen, I know you're, you're only being nice to me because you want something, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to do that to, to, for him. He's telling us to do that for him because he knows that when you enter this route, you will develop. So he's, he is luring you either I'll protect you from, from fear or get, give you the things that you like of this world. Just do it. Just get involved. Okay. Abdullah, what is Abdullah saying here? Assalamu alaykum, uh, with the Qur'an and the words of his Prophet. I guess he's saying protection from the jinn, I suppose. Yes, of course. The Qareen is specifically, we need, we need knowledge. Ilm bil what is your opinion on the Mahdi? We believe that there is someone who's going to come and rally the Ummah back together, and he is Al Imam Al Mahdi. And his presence will end many of the sects, they will, they, will, they, will, they will be brought to an end. Many of the Shia will believe in him. The Prophet وسلم, is the best of examples. No books needed. The Prophet tested and tried, bringing Islam a new concept. To his nation and his family, not concerned about how it would affect them. Meaning, yes, that the Prophet peace be upon him did not learn from human beings. That's what I think she means by saying no books needed. He did not need le- to learn from human beings. Are there any dangers? Is it me, or the questions repeating, or are they, am I scrolling up? I got a question for you. All
1: right, go ahead. Does Surah Al-Jinn hurt the bad jinns?
0: Did Surah Al-Jinn hurt the bad jinns? Well, the Qur'an in general, if it's recited, the demons have to run away. It's it's toxic to them. They get burned by it. It's fire to them. Uh, all right, I'm going to take this question. Ixairos, whatever says, what is the Islamic ruling on Botox fillers? They aren't permanent, so is it allowed? I am not. I don't want to offend anybody here, to, to be quite honest with you. I really don't want to offend anyone. But it just goes to show when human beings intervene in the creation. Um, we said earlier, when it comes to all plastic surgeries are halal, if they're putting back what you lost. Okay? It's fine. I lost something. I lost a piece of skin. You can graft a piece of skin on. My nose broke. You can fix it even if that means a whole new nose job, fine. Let's say your nose got smashed, okay? And the doctor said, this is going to be a nose job. Your nose is not going to look the same. It's going to look better. I <laughs> do Fine. It's a gift from Allah. But when you start doing this Botox, what I notice, the people look the same. They lose their unique look. And Botox, I really don't want anyone to be offended. Don't be offended, please. Because there are pious Muslim women who have done this. Maybe they did it not knowing it's haram. Maybe they just had a moment of weakness. They went and done it. They The face looks the same. The forehead looks the same. The lips look the same. The cheeks all look the same. You get 10 women that Allah created all unique when they have Botox. Are we lying to ourselves? They all start to look the same. So I'm appealing to you From a perspective of the effect of it. It's not a good effect. The effect of it is not what you may want. It's not even a good look. Right? It's not a good look. They end up looking like the exact same person. So that's from the one perspective. The second perspective is that it is forbidden because it is not, it is not fixing something that was damaged. Okay? If a woman's hair starts falling out, she can fix that, right? If a, um, by the way, I'm an expert on this subject now because ever since we shaved our heads and we talked about it, texted about it, all of my YouTube ads and my Google ads are about uh, all the stuff for losing your hair. But all of those things are losses that you can remedy. You can remedy losses. This is not a loss nothing was lost what came out of your body that you need to put back in right that's why it's forbidden because if we open that door of that that door the sharia gives us a very generous door anything that is a birth defect which we would all agree is a birth defect someone's for example teeth is crooked or nose is bent or broke their nose or has a like a mole here or a, something here on their face they can fix all that that's very generous of the sharia That's it. Once we go into the door of reconstructive surgery just for the sake of cosmetics, that door must be closed. The Sharia closes it. It's not my rule. It's the rule of the Sharia. Good. Did we cover everything on that, Ryan? Sheikh, you might need to check user Tahira's question on YouTube. Fine. Tahira, you have an advocate. Let's see what Tahira says. Oh, we've already answered it.
1: She also asked, can jinn hurt animals?
0: Jinn, Allah'u alam, if they can hurt animals or not. I believe they may have that ability. They just may not have the interest. Typhoon says, we often repeat our questions when it takes a long time to them to get answered. That's why I keep seeing them. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. They're cooking downstairs. Dominican food. Aniqua. How to deal with anxiety that disrupts one from major decisions and important tasks. I've been praying, doing dhikr, doing tahajjud. Well, salah on the Prophet must remove anxiety. That is a promise from Allah. From the Prophet, sallallahu Okay. And you may need to get psychological, you know, therapy. Maybe it's something in your thinking habit, right, that's stopping you. So don't deny, I don't deny the validity of the psychiatrists. We're not going to say all of it's just nonsense, no. What I do think is nonsense, and I do think is, is um, a scam, is when you have a therapist and you go and you complain and talk all the negatives to the therapist, and you just have to do this every week. Well, wouldn't the therapist be failing at his job if he or she is no long is 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 not curing you or helping you? Like, okay, I saw my therapist for a year, now I'm done, I'm good to go. That's how it should be. Six months, he walked me through it, right? He taught me how to be a positive thinker, things like that. It just Yeah, that's what it seems to be. It's just you're venting, 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 and he's billing, 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 (laughs) right? That, to me, why I think it's a scam. Shouldn't he have helped you? Okay. Okay. So that's how I look at it. And sometimes you have to just look at the thinking, the mentality of the thought. Like, if all your words are always negative, right, and you're always talking about what's bad, that's probably why things are bad, right? Because you're constantly thinking, okay, about what's bad. That's why things are bad. So we answered Tahira's question. Ryan said, I'm just going to go back to make sure, just to triple check. Here's what the question was. The surat al jinn hurt the bad jinn. The Qur'an, all dhikrullah hurts them. Even if a Christian was to say God, Moses, Jesus, that would hurt them. The names of Allah and His Messenger. Okay. Ultimus Minimus from Latin class says, how do you tell the difference between the many names of the Prophet Muhammad and the characteristics that people use to describe him? Well, the Prophet Wasallam he described himself with five names And the Quran addresses the Prophet in many names: Ya Ayuhal Muddathir, Ya Ayuhal Muzammil. Then after that, it's descriptions. So a name, the proof of the name is either the Prophet said it's my name, or that the Quran addresses him with that. Okay, and then everything else is a description. Typhoon says, I also want to get al-Kharid al-Bahiyah, but can't find a good commentary on it. A right <sighs> <sighs>
1: it's
0: cold. My head is cold. Um, there is a shot. There are many shuruha al-Kharid al-Bahiyah in Arabic, but cover. in English, I don't know how many. What is the adab of saying salam to someone who is with their wife or sister? Assalamu alaykum jamian. Assalamu alaykum in general. That's it. Assalamu alaikum meaning to everybody. Sophia has endless problems with her neighbors. Sophia is from Bel- I think she's French, but in Belgium, right? But sometimes she goes to Morocco too so she has issues with her neighbors and i wonder i'm trying to think if there was an incident in the seerah if there was a dhikr with that. hasban allah <laughs> and amal is the best dhikr for that lily rose says dinar equals when it is more harmful to jump on the chest to resuscitate oh d-n-a-r do not resuscitate what's the a stand for do not automatically resuscitate okay uh fractured ribs oh that's why dnar do not automatically resuscitate this person because they may have fractured ribs okay this is a medical conversation that's happening all right vorage is coming on and saying is it allowed to switch madhabs because i like the title of another madhab no, that's that's the reason then no ss says assalamu alaikum just crying we- weeping profusely in your dreams mean anything allah adam it may, it, I'm sure it has a meaning But I don't know the meaning Ishaq says Can I still do that During the fajr Salah When I'm fasting No, if you're fasting Remove it from your mouth Don't swallow anything While you're fasting He's talking about something Having something in his mouth And then swallowing it Typhoon says I'm a maturidi But I only have Ash'ari books Like al risala Al-Qayrawani And Aqidah al, al-, 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 al- risala Al-Qayrawani Is not even like Ash'ari Aqidah It's just a listing of beliefs And there's even a mistake in it Okay, which is uh, uh, on the throne by his essence. That's a mistake. We don't say that. Al-Aqeedah Shurnubiyya. Can you recommend beginner books for Maturidi Aqeedah? I believe that all the beginner's books are the same. If I'm not mistaken, from what I was taught by uh, in my Aqeedah studies, the beginning is all the same. Only when you get to the higher level books will you see the differences. Bidayah fi usul al-deen. Who's the author? Uh, Maturidi? Maturidi? I don't know he was Maturidi. Or at least he wrote a Maturidi book. What is the cure for Ojib with intellect or thinking? Okay. Says V. Well, open a Facebook page, open a Twitter account, and start sharing your ideas. You will get torn down so badly... No matter how good the idea is, your ojib will go out with it. Okay, Sophia is in Germany. She is a French in Germany. What, uh, why is Ibn Hajar called al-Hafidh? Hafidh does not mean Hafidh al-Quran, meaning Hafidh more than 100,000 hadiths. Hafidh essentially is the highest caliber title for hadith. Amir al-Mu'mineen. SubhanAllah. Let's go to Instagram, see what's going on here. Anam Lodi says, Botox just gets rid of the fine lines and wrinkles. You can tell when someone has fillers, though. Doesn't look good. Okay, so maybe I mistook fillers from Botox. Okay. But you all got my point. What if when you lose the fresh look with age, fixing... Under the eye bags, for example. Um, no, I don't, I don't think that that's, that's the right way to go about things. Um, in the Neither in the Sharia nor in general. And I think that all of this does have to do with us losing perspective of death and life and hanging around or being too exposed to people who care too much about this dunya. I can totally get it. If you lost something that your fitra you were born with. Right, I get that. That I totally get. But if you're experiencing something that all of humanity experiences at a certain age, at some point we must draw a line and say, we're okay with death. I'm okay with losing this dunya. At some point we must say that. Now, if you're 90 years old, if you're a woman who's 90 years old and she's losing her hair, I could still get it that she wants her hair. That's fitrah. Allah created you with hair. Okay. But I do have a problem. At some point, there is a spiritual disease that has to do with perspective. The perspective on the shortness and the length of life. And where we're headed to. So stop surrounding yourself with lovers of, the, of life, of dunya. And start surrounding yourself with the graves. Visit the graves. Be amongst those who are in the graves. And I have to say, it must be much harder now with the global population the way it is with the materialism as rampant as it is, it's much harder to remember death, right? There used to be a time when the human population was moderate. So there wasn't a lot of competition for dunya, right? But you have to work harder now. And be start meditating more, reading more about the afterlife and the grave. That will calm your, it will completely alter your perspective. So someone who is, becomes obsessed with how they look in an unhealthy way, Because there is an acceptable way and an unhealthy way. The unhealthy way, it must be that they're surrounded themselves with people who love this life. And they have not had enough dosage of the remembrance of death and afterlife. So start altering that a little bit, right? And I believe that the winter is a great time to do this. Because the days get shorter, you get colder, you want to stay indoors, you don't want any of this stuff, right? To go out, you're not in the mood for any of this stuff. And once it gets dark at 5 o'clock sometimes... Right, six o'clock, and you have a long night of darkness ahead of you. Sometimes it snows; it forces you in. I think it's the best time to imagine yourself. Just close your eyes, imagine yourself, and sometimes there's nice, some nice qasidas or hums with, or or, or you know, like uh, poems with some melodies that will really put you in a state like that's it. I'm done with life. You will feel yourself become so relaxed. Alas, I'm done. Life is, this is the end of life. And you sit there thinking about that and letting yourself get into that mode of the quiet, just, it's quiet, it's dark. Alas, I lived my life. We're all going there. You might as well prepare for it. The smartest person is the one who prepares for the inevitable, not flees from the inevitable. The dumbest person is the one who flees from the inevitable, right? Right? And I said that about fillers and Botox. I'm going to repeat it again. Do not take offense of what I'm saying. Ah, thanks. No sense. You flee from the inevitable and run to what's temporary. I can understand under 50, you have that feeling, right? In your 40s even. Definitely 30s. I can understand that. Because in your mind, oh, I got 60 more years to live. I'm going to live 60 more years with this ailment or whatever. Or with this image, I can understand that, right? But as time goes on, at some point, you realize, hey, I pretty much cut most of the, I'm done with most of this stuff. My time to the afterlife is shorter than my time that passed. And Hayat Dunya should be relieved. And if you're not, that means you're surrounding yourself with too much Hollywood, you are surrounded. You're bombarding yourself with lovers of dunya, so you're on their vibration. You also love the dunya. So surround yourself with lovers of akhirah, and the sick and the dying and the elderly to the point that you feel, all right, I'm out. Class, time's up. In the old days, a guy used to take his wife and go live in an old log cabin and, and just live out their days, right? And they used to have a peaceful time. Go, gets the fire. Gets the wood, puts in the firewood. She cooks some food. They eat the food. They remember Allah a little bit. They go to sleep. They repeat the next day. A very peaceful little living. Right? Because, halas, game's over on life. You reach 80, halas, You reach 60, 70. You should be thinking like that now. Now, maybe easier said than done because I personally haven't reached that yet. But that's what one imagines that that's what life is going to be like and in what it's haram in what is haram you have to advance that how do i know i'm not going to die tomorrow why should i worry so much i might die tomorrow right why should i worry so much about a matter of dunya yes i might try to fix myself up get myself better in life and simultaneously decrease my love of life it's not it doesn't have to be one or the other that's the weak person okay it can be both i can be working I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to work and to earn a buck and at the same time I decrease my love of life by remembering death and afterlife. Zaji Kitchen says Zaji's Kitchen this is um, a restaurant it looks like is having dog as a pet haram. Yes. Sony can I follow another medhub ruling for fasting and another medhub for salat will do if there's a need. Yes. Abdul Wadud, did the two wives, uh, the beloved Prophet sallallahu wasallam, divorce, get married again? Or were they not allowed? La'alam, la'adri. It's a good question. Very good question. But I cannot remember that. Okay. I can't remember the answer to that. Our, uh, it's winter now in England. They should all be like ascetics. They should all be in this because it gets dark real early. And it's dank all the time. It's gray. You may have one month of grayness. So you're like, I'm retired from life. But the problem is everyone is now running after the dunya so much because it's available. It used to not be. You see the, what the English life used to be like in Downtown Abbey? Remember, Ryan, you had to do the paper on Downton Abbey? <laughs> for, right? Because it was all like their servants and that's their life. Permanently. There's no upward mobility. I'm a servant. That's my life. That how That's how your life used to be. Today, the pleasures of life are just available in some cheap way all for everybody. So everyone's chasing the dunya. Don't get affected by that. The, it's it's like heavy enough to not like, get bored of it. Just so, like, oh, it's so much. It's, it's not... You'll never get bored. Shaitan and Iblis, he's done the job. He did his job. You never get bored from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Technology. Every day there's a new invention. The Cancer Center is a reality. Continuous reflection. Babies to elderly Does the Qareen influence us in Ramadan? There's a difference of opinion on that. If the Qareen is locked in Ramadan or not. The majority said yes, he's locked. Tahir Omar, someone recently went for Umrah and showed their family that when I die, bury me in this place. After a few days, he died. That's a big karama, really. Go ahead, Ryan
1: is not having privacy to expose arms and hair an excuse for tayammum for females
0: Oof. we have to ask the fuqaha that question yeah it's a tough question Yeah, it's 3.15 we been going for two, and a half, 2 hours 15 minutes about we will stop right here Jazakum Khairan everybody please remember us in your du'a and remember everyone else who was on the stream in your du'a may Allah bless everyone here and grant us istiqamah and Holding fast on the book and the sunnah, and strengthen us in the remembrance of death, and decrease our love of dunya. Subhanakallahumma <laughs> bihamdik neshadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaqfirkun atubu ilek. Walasr. Inna insan ala fiyu khusr illa ladina amanu aminu salihat wa tawasub haq wa tawasub alsabr walaslam. Oh